Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 87. 87. 87. I am your host, Danny Ocean, as always, bringing us the smoothest tunes on the planet, Losty Mix. What are we listening to tonight? Right here, this is a new record by one of my favorite artists ever, Party Next Door. Uh, Y'all want to talk about this song for a minute, if you don't mind, before we really get into this. Go for it. So I'm going to start by just reading like a few uh, uh, bars to tell you, because, you know, you know, Party Next Door come from the OVO camp. He'll, you know what I'm saying? But he's an incredible songwriter. Incredible songwriter. You know, he wrote work for Rihanna yeah. and Drake. He wrote Drunk in Love. So I say all that to say, when it comes to his pen, his penmanship, Party Next Door is to be respected, right? Right. All right. So he starts this. Uh, tell me if this is hate or not. I just want to know if this is hate or not. Okay. He starts this song off by saying, F all my girl's old friends. Y'all okay. let that girl F anybody. <laughs> what? Is, that hate? is that hate? A little bit. Then he doubled back with it. He said, yeah, y'all let that girl F anybody. She out here catching everybody. Told her not to lean on anybody. Told her not to be seen with anybody. It's going to be so hard to claim back that body. <laughs> What yo yo musical artists are the funniest for one. They Two, are the most pettiest. Who are you talking about, my friend? Like, cause this is like mad specific. This was like when I heard this, I said, Oh no, this is mad specific. Like, how did you you talking about somebody? Then he doubled back and he not doubled back, he came out and tweeted, I'm not doing any interviews. This is just my life. So he's talking about somebody. Yes. And I want to know. Who you talking about? Because you know what that sound like? This sound like when your ex got a new nah mean and he kind of he kind of corny and you like, oh really? That's who you gonna date after me? Now you like now you hating. Now I'm I'm not saying like I'm speaking from like experience, <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. And and I just feel like sometimes if you really not out here trying to one up your ex in, in, in the game of life, then what what are you doing? What we are you living. You can't you can't wrap your life around your ex. No, that's not necessarily wrapping your life around it, but you you but sometimes when you because really what it's for is like when you accomplish something, you always gotta feel good about yourself. Yeah, I did this shit. And then yeah. what is the second thing or the second or third thing every person that wins or is successful about something, they always go back to? Everybody who did not believe in them. That's, that's true. Fam, that's like everybody, fam, we all know it. If if, if your sports team wins a championship this year, the Eagles won the Super Bowl this year, they definitely one of the First five quotes are gonna be like, "Yeah, we heard the noise. We heard yep. the noise. It didn't mean nothing." What did Brian say when he won his last championship? GD Bus won her respect. AD won his respect. Palinka won his respect. I want my damn respect too. What? Yeah, he respects none of us. I heard I was talking. They said he ain't gonna do it. He ain't, he ain't win one championship. He's done. He out here putting people to sleep out here. Like you look. It, I think it's human nature because it's almost like, oh, you thought I was I was only gonna. I wasn't gonna amount to shit. 
right. It's why rappers always talking about the one or two teachers that said they weren't gonna be shit. It was like, well, dog, yeah, I mean, yeah, you won't you won't gonna be shit because you was in the back of the class trying to sell Thank weed. You. We trying to learn geometry. But Thank yeah, I hear <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to say about this song, Meek Mill. Next time you think about tweeting, please read the room. No. Read the room. Because no. he tweeted, he tweeted out lyrics from this very song, but it was minutes. Now nah, maybe it was like an hour after Lori Harvey and and Franklin Saint had pay, posted their pictures together. And you know, my man Meek already got the bars that said he won Lori, he got with Lori Harvey on his wish list. Dog. Meek Mill is Funniest, a top five tweeter. Hilarious. Tweeter, instantly hilarious. And a lot of people don't really recognize or appreciate his comedy. I do. do. I do. The French fries in the pool. I, I'm weak, yo. I think that's some funny shit, yo. <laughs> listen, Meek Mill. Listen, Meek, I hope you like. When this when this rap shit and this entrepreneurial shit and this boss your life up and vest shit that you want and salute to you by the way, me. When all this is done, my brother, you have such a career in content creation that I don't even think you realize it. That like, he doesn't realize. Like, you are hilarious, me, man. You are hilarious. shout out to Party Next Door. I like this song. I heard it, you know what I'm saying? Because I heard it because part this these are some of the, the bars that party normally gets. So I hear this and I'm like, yeah, I like this. And the next thing I said was, we need a new album. Because we didn't get a Party Next Door album last year. Maybe this is the reason why. Maybe the reason why he talked about it up in here. Because it sounded like, listen, what it sounded like, because these are, and, and this is ritual business. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it. What it sounded like is another rich dude that he know. Now, I mean, with his girl. Well, then that is not his girl. It's Naameen's girl. But he, he said, he said right here, Told her not to be seen with anybody. It's going to be hard to claim back that body. Then, well, his next bars were, when I want it, oh, whoa, whoa. Then, oh, nah, 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 he hating. Because now I'm going to break these lyrics down a little bit more. Because okay. he really hating now. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I think he's saying I was going to. Yeah, I was going to take her out to the game. Mm -hmm. Who's the fucking blame? What's my fucking name? Y'all was her role models. Only let her do wrongs. On my name, I hate. Nah, this is hate. Listen to this. I hate when a cute girl see a bad bitch and try to get a bad bitch to do average shit. Is this <laughs> so? If I am hearing this correctly, he is saying that her girlfriends condoned her cheating on him and did not say anything. Why did you let? Okay, Listen. that is tough. Matthew, I mean not Matthew, Danny. I'm sorry to say your your government. It's okay. Danny, in a hypothetical world, in a hypothetical situation, yes. and where and why would your girl's friends tell you about her cheating one or two try to talk her out of cheating if clearly she is about to cheat? Yes. Um right. either A, her girlfriends want you, or B, her girlfriends don't like you. What's worse when when the girlfriends want you or they don't like you? Oof. I'll say when they like you. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. When me and my wife started dating, 
her best friend did not like me and I really didn't like her. Like there was some friction there. Like Pam and Martin type. No, 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 no. Like we didn't talk to each other. Like it was like, hello. And like, that was it. I think that's, that's not regular. No, like there were, there was some friction there, but like you could feel the friction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like at least Pam and Martin would like joke off each other, but no, they're like, we wouldn't say, but now we're cool. Like now, it's cool, like you know, it's all good. But in the very beginning, so I would say it's worse if the girlfriends like you compared to if they. It's, I feel like it's easier to get over if they don't like you, because if you treat her right over the course of time, they will appreciate the fact. I mean, if they're real, if they're her real friend, like, hey, my girl got a good man, I can respect that. Compared to, I'm lusting after my girl's man. I'm gonna try to get him caught up. Yo, okay. I'm going, listen, I hear what you're saying because when when her friends are less than after you, you are put in a situation that like, I think as men, you don't even know how to begin to approach that. Like, first off, if you're a stand-up dude, you definitely curving the friend. Yes. But you definitely, you definitely looking at your girl like, yo, shorty, what type of, what type of freaks? <laughs> what type of freaks do you hang with? Because it's listen to your, but I honestly think it's worse when the friends don't like you. Really? Because now this may be my conniving brain. In my mind, if the friends don't like you, there's nothing you can really do to really fix that. And really, when they don't like you, any advice, anything that they say, I feel like it's always coming from an anti-you point of view. At least when they lusten after you, the point of view is going to be a little, it might be coming from a nasty, horny place. It ain't gonna, <laughs> it ain't, the intention's not going to be nasty. Really? Because I would, I would think if you're lusting after me, if her friends are lusting after me, she is going to do her best to break us up faster than someone who doesn't like me, right? If she doesn't like me, but I respect her friend and everything's going good, yeah, she could say bad stuff about me, but her friend can say, but he treats me right. She lusting after me. It don't matter what you do. She going to be like, nah, he ain't, he covering something up. Nah, because, see, see. Why you got to be covering something up? See, what we underestimate, though, what we underestimate, though, in your scenario is what if instead of trying to break you up, the friend really is trying to get on for the night? And I mean, not with just you. I'm talking about she's trying to make threes a company. Then here's here's my thing to that. Fellas, do not ask her that question. That needs to come from her. Listen, I'm going to take it a step further. Fellas, don't have threesomes with your girl. Hello. Quickest way to ruin a relationship. Hello. Bring a threesome with the fam. And I don't want to, I don't want to, and I don't want to make this seem like this is only a two girls, one, one guy. I'm talking, don't do a threesome with another dude with your girl. Nope. Because I got questions for that as like a man, but like from a relationship standpoint, fam, don't do don't do a relationship. I mean, don't do a threesome with another dude with your girl because if other dude got bigger meat than you, you're gonna feel some type of way when your queen is just taking this, these back shots the way she's taking. <laughs> this is the third week in the row we snuck back shots in. <laughs> and and fellas, and fellas, also don't do a threesome with a, with your girl's friend and her because listen. 
in no world, fam, you can't. You got to act like you don't want the other girl more than your friend. Exactly. Exactly. Like girl, and then what if she got to fire? Now you got to sit there and act like you don't want to. Because then she, listen. Listen. A threesome listen. has never fixed a relationship. It's never fixed a relationship. And my advice to you fellas out here, if you're trying to have a threesome, don't do it with your girl. No. So, so I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Don't do it with your girl. Take that however you want to take it, but don't do it with your girl. And also, as Charles Barkley once said, if you're going to commit crimes, don't do it with <laughs> Chester. Well, and listen, I'm not even trying to. I'm not trying to joke too much, but if you're going to commit crimes over women that curved you, please don't run and tell the police exactly who gave the killer the gun. Because <laughs> that ain't yeah. no. That might be the saddest story of the week. Oh Yo, my God. first off, pure a lot of condolences for the young lady that lost her life. Really, like that's such a sad story, man. But think about, listen, you new age criminals are stupid, dumb. At least the criminals from the heyday, from my parents' generation, they just didn't tell. At least not the way y'all be telling. And they don't do shit in broad day the way y'all be doing shit in broad day. And the reason well, that some, some of y'all are committing these crimes, I'm going to be honest with you. Back in the day, a lot of the times, some of these crimes were committed because of drugs, some, some other aspects. Some of y'all are just losers committing crimes to try to be cool when it's, when it's okay to be a smart person that don't commit no crimes. I'm one of them. You know what's crazy though, and then we'll, we'll we'll get to the to the docket in a second. I feel like back in the day they did commit crimes at this rate. It's just the news didn't get out, and it, the reach wasn't as far, and there weren't as many tools to capture people as there was, you know, in the seventies. I'm sure in the seventies someone got shot in the middle of broad daylight, and it shook some small town to its core. But the nation never knew. Now, like. It doesn't matter where you are in the world or in the country. Like if something tragic happens, like we're going to hear about it. Yeah. And I think there's a double-edged sword to what you're saying about the nation not knowing. See, I think on one edge, when some of these instances or some of these events are so locally kept, the chances of imitation of people trying to one-up it, it's very, very small. You can't know. How do I say this? It's hard to it's hard to emulate some heinous activity. Like I feel like nowadays, a lot of heinous or nasty acts are so flustered in people's face so often yeah. that it leaves this imitation, one-up gamesmanship, which is why I personally think has led to a lot of some of the gun violence that's happened. On the flip side, one could say that some of the injustices that have been able to have been solved in the last 20 or so years may not have happened 20 or so years prior because of the invention uh, because of the invention of social media because the invention of the cell phone being able to record something that's happening upload it to the world and get a rally and cry around it now you know i think it's i think it's a double-edged sword now where do i fall on this yo if one of these days somebody woke up and said internet we're going to unplug you and we're just going to shut this thing down I am not going to complain. I'm not going to let y'all, I'm not going to flex about it. I'm not going to complain at all. Because some days I really get on the internet and say, 
We do not need this shit. Because some of y'all out here, listen, I remember what some of y'all was doing in them Twitter, Twitter fleets. I remember what some of y'all was posting in them Twitter fleets. And you're criminal? You deserve to go to jail? <laughs> and Elon, don't ever bring them shits back. No, please, God. Because what they was posting in them Twitter, which is why I'm glad Instagram just do the little notes. I can do the notes. Yeah, the notes are great. But what Twitter was doing with them fleets? No. Send it to hell. Send it to hell. Danny, tell us where the podcast is brought to the people by. And let's get into this thing, man. So the show is brought to you by goingfor2.com. Uh, I know for a lot of folks, especially those in Dynasty Leagues or any kind of league, head over to goingfor2.com. We do have a special right now where uh, for uh, – and Kyle, I forgot how much it cost. But if you could put that, I will read it off because you are researching. We appreciate you. But each year, um, if you pay a price, someone from the Going For Two family will look at everyone's Dynasty League and kind of give them a synopsis of which team – how you can improve and just kind of gives like a personalized experience to those uh, for the dynasty league. But again, head over to basketball seasons here. Baseball is about to get started. I think spring training is six weeks away. Getting close. It's getting close. So again, go over to There's content all year round for any kind of fantasy that you're in uh, D tonight. It's all about football. We're going to talk about wild card weekend. We're going to preview the divisional round. We've got some quick hitters. We're going to talk a little WNBA, uh, if we have time, we might sneak in a little thing that that you did. Uh, you 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 ranked top was it twenty seven albums of twenty twenty two? Yeah, every year uh, towards the end of the year, I make my yearly top twenty seven uh, top twenty seven albums of tw- uh, of the year. Uh, took me a, took a little bit later this year, but I, I managed to wrap it up last year. So if we got some time, I'll take the people through a few notable ones. Um, and I also think I'm gonna. I think this year I'm also gonna. I'll, we'll talk about it later. But I think I'm gonna change up the format this year when I do it. We'll talk about okay, it. I'd love to go over that. So we're gonna get started with Wildcard Weekend. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wildcard Weekend this past weekend was absolutely bananas. Super oh, Wildcard yeah. Weekend, drugged up Wildcard Weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. The Bills outlast the Dolphins in a game that was tougher than it needed to be. Um, the Bengals beat the Ravens with the longest fumble recovery in history. Uh, in franchise history, excuse me. That I'm sorry, that man looked like he was going to die at the 30. I was I was praying for him that he made it to the finish line. The Chargers were the Chargers, and they love the third biggest comeback in NFL history in the postseason. Uh, and they lost to the Jaguars, of course. Uh, the Giants outlast the Vikings. That was a lot of people's upset of the week. Everyone thought the Vikings were frauds, and yes, they are. Um, the 49ers, the first half of that game was very interesting. And then all of a sudden, the 49ers remembered that they were the 49ers and they dominated the Seahawks. And then last night, Tom Brady got his ass whooped on MLK Day as a lot of Americans, <laughs> as, he, as he looked down from heaven and said, yes, thank you, Dak. Finally. Um, yeah, they lost 31 to 14 on Monday Night Football. Okay. So, D, two questions for you. What's your biggest storyline coming out of Wild Card Weekend, and what was your game of the week? All right. Who? Um, all right. Biggest storyline for me coming out of Super Wild Card Weekend: Baltimore Ravens. I cannot stress this enough to you. If you let number eight walk away because you don't want to give him guaranteed dollars after you watch that game on Sunday, I'm gonna let y'all know right now. 
you deserve whatever hell is coming that franchise's way when if that happens now also building off of that if you're if you're a baltimore ravens fan I'm going to tell you one person that you could maybe be upset with for maybe the next week. Respectfully, don't say nothing bad about him or to him. But Tyler Huntley, dog. <sighs> listen, listen. When you watch the game, you would thought, oh, man, they ran a QB sneak. It just got knocked out of his hands. Damn, that's a shame. Bengals won. It's after the game when John Harbaugh comes out and says, yeah, that QB sneak, he was supposed to go under. He went over. Yeah. And then J.K. Dobbins comes out and says, nah, I'm actually tired of not even getting the ball in that situation. Like, And if we would have had number eight, we would have won. <sighs> that was the one for me. So that now what I'm hearing here is, Tyler Huntley, you piss off a whole locker room because there was 52 men in that room who thought they were about to be playing next week. And the 53rd man in the last minute of the game said, hey, big dog, I got Cancun tricks next week. What it is. You know. You know. Sam, I was so sick for the Ravens because Bengals won the game, but they didn't beat the Ravens. If yes. that sense. The Bengals won that game. And they are moving on to face a really good Buffalo team. But I cannot come away from that game saying, y'all beat the Ravens. It wasn't like seven days ago, which is funny. Same game, same teams, seven days apart. Same location. Same location. Seven days ago, that was an ass kicking. And I said, okay, we run that back? All right. Sunday, dog. I got to about midway through the fourth, and I said, yo, the Ravens can win this game. Like, the Ravens. When it was down there, I said, no, they're about to take the lead and all they got to do, four stops, they're heading to Buffalo. Let's get it. Oh, Tyler Huntley. Oh, they went to Kansas City, right? They were the lowest. Oh, yeah, they would. They, yeah, yeah they they, they'd be going to Kansas City. Yeah. See why you see, see, see why you can't count your chickens before they hatch? Nope. And see why you got to, fam, why would you go over the line at the two-yard line? Like, do you know how high you have to jump and how far? Like, two yards doesn't sound like a lot. But when you have to jump over the offensive line, the defensive line, and you're going to meet a linebacker in midair, like, do you know how much force you have to generate? And if going, rogue was your, if going rogue was your option, why didn't you just pull it and keep it? Like, take off. Yeah. Take it away to the side, uh, pylon. Now, you, you're not big enough to be jumping over. Like, you're not Jalen Hurts. Like, you're not, like, you're not big enough for that. If you're in the Baltimore locker room, what do you like? How are you feeling? Offense and defense. There are 10 other people on offense who are saying, yo, I didn't really like I, I played good enough for us to win this game. Yeah. If I'm in the Baltimore locker room, I'm mad at Lamar Jackson, but I'm not mad at Lamar Jackson, if that makes sense. Like I get the business decision and maybe his knee isn't stable. I find that hard to believe. I'm not saying Lamar is a liar, but. No one knew what was wrong with his knee until he posted it a week ago. And if it was that bad, I feel like it would be easier for John Harbaugh to say, hey, it's a grade two. It's almost a grade three sprain. He's out indefinitely. End of story. Like John kept ringing it on. I don't know. Maybe he'll be ready next week. Maybe he'll be ready next week. Maybe he'll be ready next week. I don't know what's wrong with his knee. And then Lamar posts the injury. Like what was so hard about John going to the podium and saying that? 
instead of I don't know what's going on. Well, I think part of me doesn't. I think part of me uh, thinks that Lamar hasn't been with the team for a while, or yeah. since his injuries. Like he's probably been away, probably been nursing the injury. So I feel like Lamar's camp was probably real close to the chest with some of it. Probably, probably because they know he's a free agent and what's at stake. And so they think, you know, obviously, actually, the more I think about it, they know he's going to be a free agent. They know what type of money he's going to try to command. It's knee injuries. You're already, if it's bad, you're already looking at a lengthy absence. I yeah. think for, for Lamar's camp, they were probably trying to keep it close to close to vets because they're probably thinking, uh, they're probably thinking, yo, if by chance the Ravens really, like we really, and you got to think they had stopped the negotiating too. They're negotiating, uh, so because he said he wanted to stop it when the season started. So the, yeah. the Lamar's and they were probably thinking, "Yo, if the Ravens really don't come back talking the way we were talking, we have to put ourselves in a position where we don't want to lose ourselves some money because of this injury. Let's try to keep, let's yeah. try to play this close to close to the vest and hope that it gets better. And then you know, if you go out there in the postseason, have a game before a postseason run, try to win a championship, go on a run, maybe get your money that way. I, I could see that. So I guess. With that same thing, and I, I hope his agent probably sat him down and said he's his own agent. Remember, he didn't have an agent. He's his own agent. So he probably some his close group probably somebody's close group probably looked at him and said, "Yo, remember a guy named RG three? Yes, he, he probably would have been making your version of money, like his version of your money back in his day. Had somebody told him, don't risk it." I'm with okay. Lamar. Listen. Oh, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Had they paid the man earlier in the season, I guarantee you he would have limped his ass out there. Yes. Or he would have given it a go. He would have tried. Yeah. But do you expect someone who's looking for, what, 45 to 50 mil a year and north of that, most of it guaranteed? Nah, he going to make y'all listen. And... I feel like if if you know Lamar, like you gotta think this guy. Listen, it's not like he came to the season not wanting to play. He'd been playing since week one and got hurt. And when he got hurt is when he started taking care of himself because that's the position that he was in. But don't get it twisted. He was there for his team. Yeah. And they don't even get into a position to make anybody's playoffs had he not been there for them games that he was there. So I feel like if you're in that locker room. Yeah, you upset that y'all ain't got a chance to go win a Super Bowl. But, dog, look at this roster and tell me with some of these injuries. Did you think this was the year y'all was really going to win it? Hey, dog. Your top receivers were shot, Bateman. Defensively, they're there. Yes. Defensively, they're there. Offensively, even with Lamar, you need better. They need a lot of help. Hello, DeAndre Hopkins. You're a Baltimore Raven. I thought he looked better in some green and gold. What's your biggest story? Oh, my game of the week. I forgot that one. Game of the week. Listen, I know everyone's expecting me to say the Chargers and the Jags. No, I thoroughly enjoyed the Vikings and the Giants. Thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. Not because the Vikings are who we thought they were, but it was finally, it it took me back to a pod you and I had in the offseason last year, when I sat here, right here in the same chair, and I told you, the New York football giants are not as bad as you the did. they are. You can only be bad for so long before the NFL forces you to at least be good 
for a year, at least a year. They had a soft schedule. They got Saquon finally back and healthy. Yo, shout out to Saquon Barkley. Shout out to Daniel Jones. Y'all did y'all's things coming out for the postseason. And both of you are putting your franchise in a situation where they're going to figure out a way to pay both of y'all, especially you, Danny Dimes. I Listen, I fam, do you remember how the Giants fans were spitting on my man, Danny Dimes? And I kept saying, the dude can play. The dude can play. He not, he not bad. Yeah, he got some fumbling issues, but he not, he not terrible. That joke about the, Danny Dimes is about to be making, if he's not franchised, he's going to be making probably like, Oh, 47 at least. 40 to 45, 47. I mean, okay. A year. Man, he didn't, he didn't, and he didn't earn it too. All it takes is one decent year. And my hot take is Daniel Jones, top six dual threat quarterbacks in the league right now. The numbers is there. I like the dual threat disclaimer because that's about it. Oh, where else did you think I was going with that? I don't know. Yeah. That that dual threat is is holding that sentence together for dear Josh, life. Josh Allen, Kyler, Justin Fields. Jalen. Jalen Hurts, my bad. Excuse me, Jalen. That's it. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Mm, no, no. Maybe Trey Lance if we ever see Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I hope your agent is on the phone with 31 other football teams. You are never seeing. You are never starting for that franchise. Not as not as long as Brock Purdy is healthy. And we'll Jimmy, if I was you, I'd be talking. I'd be. I've had my agent get on the phone with Atlanta, with Indianapolis, very fast. No, we need to save Atlanta from Lamar Jackson. That's too no, perfect. He is going to stay in Baltimore. I need Lamar in Atlanta. That just feels right. Tell me about your biggest storylines coming out of the weekend. My biggest storyline is simple. And I tweeted this last night. That man threw away his marriage to get his ass beat on Wild Carl Weekend on MLK Day by the Cowboys at home. Tough scene. Somewhere. You know, when Dr. Martin Luther King said he had a dream, I don't even think he had a dream like this. Tom Brady's potential last final game was a straight slutting out. Dog. From tip, pause, to finish, pause. He got – it was a slutting out. And what's, what, what makes it funnier now and then I'm let you go was he was watching the Peyton and Eli stream, right? If he was watching the Peyton and Eli mm-hmm. The first four drives, you thought this was going to be a complete mid-off, and you could tell yes. Aiden Eli thought it too. <laughs> and then, dog, just like that, it just got it went up. Go ahead, man. Man threw away his marriage to Giselle to get his ass beat on MLK Day. You can't write a better script. The game for me, I'm sorry. I love Doug Peterson and seeing that Chargers and and. No offense, my brother-in-law is a Chargers fan. I text him the first quarter, the first half, and I was like, you know what? I get to go to bed on time tonight. Thank you. And he said, LOL, I'm not going to jinx it. That man knew the pain that was around the corner, and I ain't talked to him since. I I, I don't know what to say. I ain't got the heart to text that man. But for me, that was the game of the week. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. Second, the second game of the week for me, if we if we if we had to rank them, um, that Bills game was tougher than it had to be. But seeing the way Miami was sticking around, like even Tony Romo was like, "What? What's happening?" Now, I'm glad you brought up that name, Tony Romo. You put on an all-time nasty performance <laughs> in that booth. You compared Josh Allen to Michael Jordan. You called him an alien. You called him Mr. January. Tony Romo, that was, I'm not even playing, one of the nastiest one-sided <laughs> callings of a football game I have ever. Listen, yeah. I've I, I listened to Mark Jones as he's called a Virginia Tech-Miami game, and he's dapping his man up in in the in the in the press box as they call him some Miami plays, but that does not compare to what I heard Tony Romo say. <laughs> Allen. Yo, because because it's like, all right, first couple of times, ah, yeah, Josh Allen good. Then it's like, all right, dog, it's the middle of the second quarter. You have not even mentioned, you have not even mentioned the starting quarterback's name with the Miami Dolphins. I don't even think half of America knew this dude's name until like midway through the third. He's like, oh, Skylar Thompson. Got to be, you gotta, hey, he's trying to be put on his best Josh Allen performance. <laughs> Like, no, like, yo, come on. Tony Romo so badly wanted the Bills to win. It was actually, like, had me had, had me at some point, like, nah, can the Dolphins win this game so, like, Tony Romo can just shut the hell up? It was nasty. No, was Tony had money on. He had money on the Bills. Like, Tony put. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, so, so we got some folks in the chat here. So James Henry asked, who's at fault? Chargers D? Or Chargers O. And Kyle responded that he blames the Chargers offense more. Even when they scored, they had short fields set up by the defense. And in the second half, the offense basically literally and did literally nothing. And I agree with Kyle. All the Chargers had to do was put together two five-minute drives in the second half, and that game would have been a wrap. That's it. All you had to do. Uh, two five-minute drives. That's it. Yeah, I. You know what? This question takes me back to to an interview I saw by Derwin James, mm-hmm. I believe, after the game. You could just tell. First off, this is one of the more, most professional interviews I've ever seen an athlete give. You could just tell he was in complete disbelief that they lost that game. He said. He was just kind of like, yo, a 24-point lead, like, you just, you don't lose that. He said, and he kept saying this one sentence over and over again. I've been playing football for 20X amount of years, and I have, and I never have felt the way I do now before. There's He was like, he was like, I'm speechless. I just don't have any words. Like, I, you just like, he's like, you just shouldn't lose football games that way. I thought about it. You go back and look at that game. What Kyle's saying, very, very accurate. The defense is looking at that offense like, dog, are y'all shitting me? You like, are y'all nothing. shitting me? I will say. At some, like, at some point, all y'all got to do is kick a field goal, maybe. And it just, there's it. Too many, like, there's just, like, at, at certain points, if y'all kick a field goal, there's just too many points to overcome. You just have to put two five-minute drives together that end in a field goal. Like that is it. That's the that's all you got to do. That's it. And, and you win the I game. Really, I don't really 
really like the blaming of Brandon Staley for a lot of this. Listen, Brandon Staley could not control Joey Bosa from throwing his helmet and getting an unsportsmanlike penalty, which ultimately led to them taking the two-point conversion, which ultimately led for them to be in a position to kick a game-winning field goal. Because think about it. They don't – They don't. if they don't do that uh, – if they end up just kicking the extra point instead, I think that means that would have made a four-point game, which yep. means they would have had to have scored a touchdown to take the lead. Yep. That I don't think they would have done in that final minute because y'all would have had to just clamp up defense. It's funny. I saw this um, – that ETN run. Anyone who follows Benjamin Solak on, mm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he talked about how they played week three and Doug Peterson ran out of Sante Samuel Jr. and he made that business decision to not tackle uh, Allen, who not Allen Robinson. What's his name? What's the other James. back's name? James Robinson, right? Well, whoever the, the bigger back is, Paul. Yeah, James Robinson. Yeah, like he made a decision to not do that, so they line up for the conversion. Doug sees it, calls timeout, and then the play like ETN run at Asante Samuel Jr. and it was the same like make Asante Samuel Jr. tackle your running back in space, and he didn't do it, and that was it. Just very interesting. Again, I love Doug Peterson because he was an eagle. Just the seeing Doug getting one now he about to go to Kansas City and get his ass whooped potentially. I don't even know though, because go back and it's going to be a good game. Go back back and watch the Jags and uh, Kansas City game. Listen, I can tell you what: Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs—they're going to come with all the offense in the world. The Jags going to come with the best counter to one of the prettiest offenses ever: straight physicality. I'm just going to punch you in the fucking chest with this. Pause. Dog, I can't. I had a point, but I forgot it. It's going to be a really Doug Peterson versus mentor. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be really good. Who do you think? Are okay. I think we. I think we both got the same answer for this. Is there a loser from Wild Card Weekend that you really want to call out? I did. You can't lose a twenty-seven point lead. I feel like they dog. That's that's an org. Like that's the kind of thing that happens that changes the trajectory of an organization. Oh, yeah. Other than the Chargers, because they do well, that. They all did because the they fired their quarterbacks coach and the OC. Which, by the way, listen, consistency is key with quarterbacks. At some point, the Chargers organization is going to have to take a system, put Justin Herbert in them, put Justin Herbert and this team in it, and keep them in it for a while. Yeah, like, ooh, and, and this Justin Herbert is the next him. That talk is gone. That's. Trevor Lawrence has taken that spot. I ain't gonna say that. Trevor Lawrence got he got about a another a year's worth of body they still got to do. But I, I would say if, if he walk into Kansas City Saturday, can, yo, I saw on first things first, he has never lost on a Saturday. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday in his entire life. What? When do they play? Saturday. Oh no, Patty, you might be in trouble. No, no, because to be a man, you got to beat the man. And I listen. Anybody who can put fear in your heart with thirteen seconds left. I'm going to ride with him. I'm oh, a, I'm a, yeah, I'm riding with Patrick till Patrick's not there. Listen, I'm going to call out one team in particular just because y'all's fan base was mad loud this year. Hi, Minnesota. Uh-oh. Great year y'all had, huh? Y'all was winning all these close games despite playing like ass in most of the three quarters before you figure out a way to win in the fourth quarter. 
12, 11-12 wins all by one score. The games that want one score, y'all were getting thraxed in, i.e. the second Packers game, the Cowboys game, the Eagles game. Yeah. Get them. I just want y'all to really think about why no one believed in you Get coming em. into the game. Well, maybe it was because for the first time in NFL history, there was a 12 team, a 12 win team that had a negative point differential. Get you em. know what that means, Vikings fans? That means all in all, in the course, 17 games, your team scored less points overall than your opponents did. But your team found a way to win the games that mattered. Get him. Y'all was this. never the best team in that division. The whole division was bad. And now y'all got to figure out what the fuck y'all going to do because Kirk Cousins is getting up there in age slowly but surely, and no one in that quarterback's room believes in any other quarterback whose name is not Kirk Cousins. Vikings fans, welcome to hell. Join us. Join us, Green Bay Packers fans. We're here. We're here. NFL GMs start taking these first round picks, trade them next year to get more first round picks because Justin Jefferson is about to ask for a trade and you're going to need some ammunition to go get him. Jetta about to ask for ain't no way. Like when he threw it short, like dog, I don't care where Jetta is. I don't care. He made that catch in Buffalo. It's fourth and whatever. Throw it to Jetta. I don't care. Like, just throw it to him. He's he's the best receiver in the league. Throw it to him. Well, we'll be we'll be we'll be waiting on him next year. But speaking of next, now we have the next round of the yes, NFL sir. playoffs. Yes, sir. So we we normally get at least one or two classic matchups, but it looks like the whole slate is going to be interesting. So let's talk about the NFC on Saturday night primetime where they should be. Uh, the New York Giants travel to Philadelphia. That'll be on NBC again, eight fifteen. Clear calendars, uh, and then Sunday at six fifteen, the Cowboys travel to travel to Santa Clara to face the 49ers on the AFC side of the bracket. Saturday afternoon, I believe kickoff is at three. Maybe, three yeah. You got the Jaguars going to the Chiefs in Kansas City, and then Sunday afternoon at. Two or three, the Bengals will be traveling to Buffalo to face the Bills. D, what is the biggest storyline going into this round? Was who was on upset alert this week? I know who you're gonna say, but all right, who on upset alert? Upset alert this week, and what do you think will be the game of the weekend? I'm gonna start with the game of the weekend. This rematch from a few weeks ago that's now being played in Buffalo. Oh, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. Let me tell y'all something. Buffalo was this close to losing to, to Miami. And Cincinnati was this close to losing to Baltimore. So this is the one of y'all's got to prove who's the big dog that, that just had an off week last week. Listen, I think Buffalo's in trouble. Yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Buffalo's in trouble. Why nobody want to talk about how often Josh Allen turned the football over just because they don't lose? Talk to he, me. He low-key a turnover machine. He, he the dude. He's low-key a turnover machine. But before he became Josh Allen, when he was just the quarterback of the Bills, go back and look at some of them games because he was a turnover machine then, Yo, too. he was doing some reckless stuff. 
Yo, he is responsible for maybe my favorite throw of all time in the NFL postseason. It's the throw to the full. <laughs> Was that the Texans <laughs> game? Yeah. That man, Sky hooked the joint. <laughs> I didn't. I was yo. Anytime I watched that, I said, "Yo, this guy's came a long way from these days." Oh, so that's who I think is on upset alert. My biggest storyline going into the week. Listen, NFC East. There is a good chance that the NFC Championship will be two, <laughs> two East teams. Crazy. Let me tell y'all. If there was a storyline I wanted to follow, it's how Roger Goodell definitely put in a call to begin this season and no. said, hey, no, this division generates our best ratings. Want to know how I know? Hey, make sure they all good this year. Watch this. No. He put the plate out there, and the only team who was dumb enough not to eat the food was the damn Commanders. And that was because the head coach forgot how many games it was in the season and didn't calculate the probability to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I am praying for an all-NFC East NFC championship game. Okay. I think Kyle Shanahan is a fraud, and I don't think the 49ers are like that. That's only partially the reason. You want to see pure hatred and real shit-talking? <sighs> You put division rivals in a game where the winner goes to the Super Bowl. Let me tell you something. If it's Dallas, Philadelphia for a chance, I'm going to that game. I'm jumping in the whip. We going to the link and we fighting somebody. Not literally, but we going to the game. If I had to ask who's going to be on upset alert, both number one seeds. Okay. Because I don't think both of y'all making I don't y'all I don't think both number one seeds making the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay, that's fair. It's been a long time since both ones have made it to the Super Bowl. I think the last two ones were the Eagles Patriots 2017. And last two ones. Danny, you my man, hundred grand, ten toes down. It's okay. Chiefs not playing a divisional opponent for the third time this year. One that they have embarrassed twice. Hey, San Francisco did it last week with the Seahawks. Yeah. I get you. I hear you. I hear you. There's um, a reason why one was the, the sixth seed and one was the seventh seed by a margin. That's true. I will say about your Roger Goodell making a call, these playoffs are unfolding in a way that's just a beautiful story for the Cowboys, right? You beat Tom Brady. He he's not you never beat him. You beat Tom Brady. You go to the San Francisco, you beat the team that beat you last year in the playoffs. Uh, then, you know, if the Eagles win, God willing, you get to play the Eagles fully healthy. Now you're fully healthy. Now we get to see who the real one is. And then you play Patrick Mahomes. All right. Like it's it's the, the, see, the scene. I think that would be, I think that's the route that most Cowboys fans think they're taking. Let me tell you about the alternate route of that. Okay. So you beat Tom Brady, team that you ain't never a, a person you ain't never beat before. So you beat him. You go to Santa Clara, you win a game that you probably you win a game that you probably should lose. Won't surprise me if this game is 7-10 or 17-10. Like it would not surprise me if this game is a complete mid-off. 
Then you find out. Then you find out that you're going to be hosting the New York Giants the next week. Okay. Oh, brother. Oh, they're salivating at the chops. They're salivating at the chops because you know that if the if you play the Giants in the NFC Championship game, the Giants would be coming off an emotional high because they essentially played their Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Now, I think the route that you just said is a little bit more likely. If I had to be a betting man, I'm betting on the route that you just said. My route, if it, if it ends up my route, we will be seeing the Dallas Cowboys represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. God, please no. Anything but. Jesus, for me, biggest storyline, it's it's the Cowboys Niners. I think the Cowboys are bottom half of the league at stopping the run, and the Niners are really good at running the football. I think the way you neutralize Michael Parsons is you run right at him. I exhaust him that way. Nothing like Trent Williams pulling around the corner, taking Michael Parsons and throwing him into the stands a couple of times to get him double thinking about just shooting the gaps when he sees it. Um, I don't know, though, man. I have a feeling the Cowboys are going to win that game. I don't know what it is. Maybe. And again, last night they played the the Bucks. The Bucks are not a good team. Dak usually he wheeling and dealing against teams that are bad and then he faces a real team and then he wets himself. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I can see like I can see the 49ers winning 35 to 20 and then I can see Dallas winning 24-21. So, I think in a matchup like this, it I think it usually comes down to quarterback play. Yo, I hear what everyone's saying about 49ers and all these weapons they have and yeah, the double Kyle Shanahan, whatever you want to say about Kyle, whatever. Mm-hmm. Damn. Remember what you said about that first half of that Seahawks Niners game? Yeah, it was interesting. You know why? Because the Seahawks were playing sound defense. They were trying to make Brock Purdy beat him. He was yep. struggling. Second half, somebody in that locker room tapped Kyle. I mean, tapped Brock Purdy on the shoulders and said, "Hey, dog, throw it to Debo or throw it to George Kittle." That's it. Off. Don't do anything else. Or Brandon Ayuk. He was their leading receiver. So. But in a, in a matchup like this, when the other team has just as dominant of a defense that you have and they can get after the passer, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, if the if the, cat, if the the Niners are up two scores, it's a wrap. Like, if Nick Bosa can just pin his ears back and go get Dak, dog, the Cowboys don't have the offensive line to do that. Like, like the offensive line is good. Yo, but if I'm the Cowboys, though, and respectfully speaking, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm putting – I guess it's probably how they beat him last year. They probably tried to press up on Debo and Brandon Ayuk to try to stop the run, and they had problems. Dog, um, let me tell you something. Brandon Ayuk is a really good – like, we see Devontae Smith give Trayvon Diggs fits. Brandon, same mold. Like, the double move, like, I think Brandon Ayuk would eat Trayvon alive. And if you're going to put Debo on – Diggs and Debo just will throw him because Trayvon doesn't. He's another Sante Samuel Jr. Trayvon Diggs is not like to tackle. He gonna make a business decision. Put Debo over there. Yo, Most throw of that man off you. Don't like to tackle, but they got some yeah, good yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think the Dallas Dallas uh, San Francisco is gonna be a good game. Um, I, I'm with you. Is that is that who you think is gonna be the game of the week though? I do. I think that's the game of the week um, for me. Upset alert, I'm with you, Buffalo, dog. Joe Burrow is a different beast. And that offense wasn't even good last week, and they threw up 35 points. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, seven was from the fumble recovery, mm-hmm. the dog. Like, we haven't seen Joe and Jamar or any of his receivers like really click. Buffalo's defense is nice, but dog, Joe Burrow is a different animal. Like, I would take Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think when you look at the offense that Joe Burrow is in, I mean, it's very, very quarterback friendly. You put him around these two incredible wide receivers, obviously with Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, and you got someone like Joe Mixon coming up the backfield. It's different, right? I think with Buffalo, they they really rely on Josh Allen, essentially, essentially like their best running back yeah. and obviously their quarterback. So I think there's more versatility in the Bengals offense. I definitely can see why you can go that route. I think. Listen, 17 in Buffalo, though, he nice with it. He nice with it. He just he is. He's got to get some of these. Uh, he's got a turnover bug that I don't know. It's like Brett Favre. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like Brett Favre, he just had this turnover bug about him that just like you just can't shake. He's really good. And then you got someone like Aaron Rodgers comes on, comes along who's just really, really good and just doesn't turn the football over. Yeah. When we start talking about Aaron Rodgers, where he come from? I don't know. Because we were talking about Brett Favre. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, you know, I just I enjoy when you're you able to sneak in Aaron Rodgers. So you have, I'm assuming you have Eagles Dallas and Chiefs Bengals in the championship games. I have Eagles Niners. I like I think the Niners are so good at running the football, and Dallas's Achilles heel is stopping the run. Like I think Kyle runs right at Michael Parsons for four quarters. I just I know Leighton Van Der Esch is back. He's going to be busy with George Kittle. They're down two starting corners, I think. They're in the third corner. Okay, so Ayuk or Debo. I just think – I don't think – like I said, I can see Dallas. If Dallas won, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm picking the Niners. I just think that defense – like they, the 49ers can put together an eight-minute drive to bleed the clock out if it's like a one-possession game. I just trust Kyle Shanahan as a coach more than I trust Mike McCarthy as a coach if the game was on the line. So I'm going to pick the 49ers, and then, yeah, I'm picking the Bengals. Joe Burrow, man. Yeah, I think for me, I got to go with the team with the better quarterback. I hear all this talk about mm-hmm. weapons and whatever they got over in San Francisco, but, nah, I ain't, I ain't buying I ain't buying Okay, that. that's fair. Listen, but I, I got I, – I think – what I think personally is going to happen is Dallas is going to get one or two early turnovers, like bonehead turnovers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to score off of them, and they're going to go up like 10-0 or 13-0. And I think if you ask Brock Purdy to lead, like to come back, I think, I think that's too much pressure on the young man. I think I think that's a good point. I got I got I got Eagles. I got Dallas. Okay, I'm gonna Dallas. say this. Excuse me. I'm gonna say this. Y'all best not, y'all better call Boston Scott and tell him we need the game of your life. Oh, he is the killer. Giants killer. Go to FanDuel, everyone. Over under take Boston Scott anytime score. Just do it. They gonna make sure Scott. for some reason. Like, every, every every time I've seen the Eagles and Giants play like the last two or three years, Boston Scott gets busy. He's gotten over half of his career touchdowns against the Giants. Just take yeah, yeah. take take the anytime Boston Scott touchdown score. I got honestly, I got Chiefs and Bengals too. I but I I'll say this: I came into the postseason saying there's no need for this game down in Atlanta. 
I don't think the Chiefs and the uh, Bengal, uh, Bills are going to end up playing each other. Yeah. I just Listen, I don't know who's going to lose this weekend. But Kansas City and Buffalo, one of the two is losing. Let's see. I Let's think- see what the weather's going to be in Buffalo. Let's see. Saturday well, is going to be in Ohio. No, like, B- Bills are the two seed. They're going. You know I'm but I'm saying the, the Bengals play. Oh. The so, you know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not Dolphins. That's true. That's true. I just want to see. Let's see. Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, cloudy. It's going to be 32 degrees. Yeah. I'm telling you. Kyle, so Kyle has uh, both one, uh, both conferences uh, championship games being the one and two seeds: Chiefs and Bills, Eagles and Niners. I'll take it. I, I would love to see the Niners. I'd love to see how the Eagles stack up. And the Chief, I mean, the Bills play on Sunday, and it's going to be thirty-three and snowing in Buffalo. But honestly, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Niners doesn't really have the same appeal. Roger, I'm with you, dog. I wouldn't want to see that shit either. I wouldn't want to see that shit either. Listen. Chiefs Bills might be something, but I don't listen. I don't think the Bills go into Kansas City and thump them. Like I don't I don't think the Bills go in. Listen, everyone's thinking that's gonna be the same game it was last year. No. Matter of fact, I think it'd be the complete opposite. I think it'd be the complete opposite. I think if the Bills and the Chiefs play again, it's gonna be a thumping. Like thumping, thumping. Okay. Oh, you think the Chiefs just a throttle them? Yes. They just gonna put that's, this to bed. Like yeah. this is not happening again. I think the same for the Bengals too, because no, Joe's been the, the only one. Bengals really stack up well against the Chiefs. They do well, and that's why I think Roger gonna put in the call. Like, hey man, I really wish Von Miller was healthy because if he was healthy, I think Von Miller would feast against the Bengals. But he's not healthy, so I'm picking the and Bengals. I think. Listen, I think these Buffalo corners are going to struggle with the, with the wide receivers. Oh yeah. No, no, there's no backfield that can handle Chase Higgins Boyd with Mixon. Like, there's no – I don't think the 49ers have an answer for it, and that's the thing. That's why you got to get home with your front four. That is why I am going Eagles-Dallas, Bengals-Chiefs. Okay. I would be very interested in that weekend. I Buffalo, I want to let y'all know, I personally don't think y'all have left the 90s when it comes to the postseason. So, Oof. Big WNBA trade. Yeah. I know this is your bag. I also know Maya Moore retired. So tell me about, first tell me about this big trade because I've been seeing, I'm trying to read up about, I've been reading up about some of the players, but I don't really understand a lot of the significance. I feel like you can really tell me, maybe give me some comparisons of maybe what this trade is like. But I am going to say one thing on Maya Moore retiring. First off, congratulations on a true Hall of Fame career. Really hope you enjoy your retirement. My next statement, fellas, next time she says, don't worry about the other guy because you're just helping him. Personal stuff. Remember this. She said she was she was telling her man, she just helping him with some personal some personal matters. I read up in this case, helping him with some personal matters. Next thing you know, they got books. She retired. She didn't stop playing basketball, divorced her husband. Listen, all I'm going to say is, had it been me? My brother, listen, had it been me, my man mm-hmm. would have been potentially on trial for a whole new one. Yagoro, Yagoro. What, what's, what's going on in this WNBA? Listen, 
You ain't gonna take you ain't gonna take my woman, my my livelihood from the pen and think you about to come out to freedom. Now we gonna we about to put you right back in the situation to go right back. Are you kidding me? You 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 putting you putting a little of that white powder on the shoes and calling the parole officer. Oh, dog, I'm listen, listen. You gonna have to call me YSL the way I get up in that standing snitch, <laughs> officer. I saw him with three kilos. And it won't baking soda, officer. <laughs> officer, man, That's you kidding me? You right back up to fucking room. Uh, I will keep this quick for those of you who do follow WNBA. You know how big of an offseason this is. There are a lot of free agent big names. Candace Parker, um, I believe Ron Stewart, Brittany Griner is a free agent. Uh, but the big trade D is referencing is John Cole Jones from the Connecticut Sun who won uh, WNBA MVP a couple years ago. She is going to New York um, to the Liberty. We're not going to get into the details of what was traded. It was a three-team trade. All you need to know is John Quill Jones is going to New York. That is exciting because Sabrina Unescu is in New York. For those who don't know who Sabrina is, Sabrina is a Kobe mentee. Uh, she was really close to the Bryant family. Yeah, think of Steph Curry. Like That's how she plays. She's an elite three-point shooter. Uh, John Quill Jones, think of uh, her she models her game kind of like after Kevin Durant and like Dirk Nowitzki like she's a stretch forward she can post up and she can um hit turn around Jay so now you have an offense that has someone who can clog up the middle or you have an offense where John Quell can bring the ball up the court she can initiate the offense Sabrina can go into the corner and John Quell can create something kick to Sabrina or you can have Sabrina initiate the offense they can run a high pick and roll John Quell can pop John Quell can go post up uh, John Quell can I mean you can set some pin screens some down screens so Sabrina get open kind of the kind of a very Warriors esque offense. Think of John Quell as like a, a hybrid between, uh, I don't want to say Draymond because Draymond really doesn't score. John Quell is just an elite scorer. She won WNBA MVP uh, two years ago, right? So you're, I don't think this is enough to beat Vegas, but the Connecticut Sun uh, have Asia. always, shout out Asia Wilson, best basketball player on the planet, not named Jewel Lloyd. Um, I think. For the history of the Sun is the Connecticut Sun. They've always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. They always make it to the WNBA Finals. They always make deep runs, but they can never get over the hump. Uh, the Connecticut's coach, Sun coach, he is now the coach in LA. The Connecticut Sun are starting to blow this thing up. They're going to start a rebuild. So John Quell is in New York again. I don't think they have enough, but free agency is here, and I think New York could go get pieces that can compare to Vegas because the thing about Vegas is they have three people that can get you thirty any given night and no other WNBA team can say that, that they have three people that can get you 30. So um, they're one step closer. I'm really excited to see how this Sabrina and John Quill offense works. Again, think very, um, I think 2011 Mavericks, think 2006 Mavs, think of high pick and rolls. Um, think of a lot of uh, back screens for Sabrina to spring free to the corner, a lot of threes. Again, John Quill is going to demand a lot of attention. So it's going to be fun in New York. I just don't know if they have the firepower to hang with Vegas because Vegas is the ball. They got too many ballers over in Vegas. They got too many ballers in Vegas. I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, you know, where this kind of where this where this kind of puts New York in the in the overall standings, how they start matching up with some of the other top teams and maybe maybe with this maybe with this trade, maybe with the Make a, make a bit of a run this season. Hopefully they didn't give up too much. Um, all right. Did you hear about Cliff Kingsbury yes. and his one-way plane ticket to Thailand, right? 
also on the flip side of that, on the flip side, because essentially we're talking about head coaches and their yep. ways of going into the off season when they're potentially being pursued by coaches. So you got Cliff Kingsbury with the one way ticket to Thailand. On the flip side, you got Sean Payton, who's he's just going on a little free agency tour. He wants to be wined and dined by everybody. He misses the game. Everyone knows he's got his, he, he told his agent to put his name out in the press, get my name hot again. I'm him. Put the, put, put, put the note out like Jordan. I'm him. I'm back. Who do you think is ha- handling the return to coaching or the return to the next coaching gig better? better? So let's be very clear. Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury already has his next role, and that's going to be it's some sort of offensive capacity at USC. I don't think he's going back to the NFL. I think he's going to be at, at – I don't know why. Like I just feel like USC just fits. He's over in Thailand spending that money on all the women. He ain't coming back for a minute. He got some time. Sean Payton, I think – no. What is he going to Thailand and buying his money no, on? You don't you don't buy a one way ticket to Thailand for the food. <laughs> maybe maybe he I mean the food is good. Now he wants some chicken pad thai. He's going for that chicken pad thai. Yeah, is that, is that what they call it in the street? Listen, man. Nah, Listen. He getting some chicken pad thai with a with a side of some ass, is what you said. Yeah, he getting chicken ass thai. That's what he's here for. <laughs> and I'm not mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that that's gonna be the social post. Chicken ass tie. <laughs> nah, I ain't, nah, not Cliff. Not nah, nah. Listen, I haven't watched the last episode of Hard Knocks ever since I found that Cliff Kingsbury got fired. Because I, it, I feel like it's gonna be hard for me to get through that episode. Because I'm gonna see, be like, let me I see if really Cliff Kingsbury is in a relationship right now. Before I speak ill on that man, but you don't buy a one way ticket to Thailand by yourself. I have a little nice little nah, man. Listen, I while you look that up, I personally think Cliff Kingsbury is handling this like a true old fashioned G. This is what you're supposed yes. to do, Cliff. When you get dumped, you never be like Sean Payton and 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 be out here in these streets all over the socials. You're supposed to build. You're supposed to get low and build. You're supposed to, you know what I'm saying? When your lady leave you the way she left you, you're supposed to get low. You're supposed to build. And next time they see you, you're really supposed to come out like brand new. Like you, you, you're supposed to come out with a new hairstyle, maybe a new tattoo or something. Maybe you got to come back with the nose ring. Maybe you got to come back with a few more dollars in your pocket so she know that you've been out here really grinding. Like Cliff, I'm fully expecting that the next time I see you, when you're with Nick Saban and you're his offensive coordinator helping the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, really wash any thought of Georgia being the most dominant force in college football, any thought of that away. Cliff, a year from now, you're going to be thinking back to your time in Thailand when you was out there getting your chicken pad tie or maybe a little chicken ass tie, depending on who you ask in this podcast. You're going to think back to your time in Thailand and think that was the changing moment in my life where I decided I wanted to win. And so I followed Coach Saban he taught me how to become a winner, how to put a program, how to be a winner. In a few years, when Chip Kelly returns to the NFL and UCLA right there, open. I see you, Cliff. Never. Cliff, dog. No, nah, Chip ain't never coming back. Nah, why you can't come back. Dog. Chip was at Philadelphia. 
Where did he go after Philly? There was a stop before San Francisco. It was Philly, and then he was somewhere else, and then he ended up in San Francisco. And Wait, he was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I, do. I mean, I don't even remember this. They might. They had to have fired him same year. Same year. Let me see. Nah. Let me make sure. Nah. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. So he was the Eagles twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen, and then he was the 49ers in twenty sixteen. It was a one year thing. So yeah, dog. He ain't coming back. And Bambi me to it. Cliff does have a girlfriend who is a supermodel who is in Thailand with him. So he is getting chicken ass tied, but he's not paying for it. Yo, Chip Kelly was really the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Why they didn't keep him? Oh God. That's the now best thing there. Oh, they fired him up to Jim Tom Sula. Oh. That 49ers franchise was in the gutter. Oh, yeah. I remember this. They went on a 13-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Now I remember this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This might have been the season. Wow. Okay. Cal, with the bar of the show, clearly the NFL coach, he's talking about Cliff Kingsbury, went to Thailand because he's tired of chasing wins and losses. Kyle, you win oh. quote of the night. Ooh, when your mixtape coming out, Kyle? Quote of the that is that is twenty, that is like two thousand nine Wayne right there. Yeah, nah, don't look at look at his other bar too. He said Chip Kelly was the guy who benched Kaepernick for Blaine Gabbert. Hey, now this this is all I'm gonna say, Kyle. And some folks out here ain't gonna like it, but as the two players you just mentioned, one is still in the league. So D, talk to me about John Moran's dunk. <laughs> Listen, when I found out who Tom Brady's backup was, I said, yo, I said, no way Blaine Gabbard is the lone member of that draft class still, still up standing. and running. But you know why he is? He accepted his role as a backup early. Blaine said, I'll make this backup money. Backup Tom Brady? Pfft, say less. Tom he don't miss like, games. I won't take a snap in the regular season. Are you kidding me? Ever. Are you uh, kidding also, me? Also, listen. In my opinion, in the NFL, longevity. Longevity, longevity, longevity. Because longevity allows you to make more money. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andy Dalton was also in that draft class. He about to be a backup. Yeah, he about to be a back. Well, he was a backup. This this was a year to prove it. Now he's a welcome to Philadelphia. Um, all right, John Morant's dunk. So a couple of days ago, people, I don't know if y'all saw, but John Morant <sighs> levitated into the air and posterized a man. Could have been on trial for murder because that's how nasty that dunk was. He is so, in Memphis. Now I'm starting to really wonder. Is he approaching the point in his career where you got to call it a business decision? Yes. Here's Ja. He is not as good of a dunker as Vince Carter, but he's entering the realm of do not jump with him like Vince Carter. Like you didn't jump with Vince. Ja has consistently put dudes on posters. Do not jump with Ja. Like, yeah, make a business decision. Hey, he, he getting that highlight dunk. He's not getting it on me. Not it's two it points. Me. We'll recap later. Yeah. Little, two points, a little recap later. If coach don't like it, I'm going to ask him if he would, if he want to try 
jumping with John Morant next time he go up in the air. All right, speaking staying in the NBA. Yep. So there's been there's been mad um complaints across the league about an NBA officiating this year. Yep. Usually it's not something until a big name says something about it. Of course, what other big name in the NBA than LeBron James, who essentially put out a little cryptic quote, essentially he's saying, nah, this this referee, it's it's gotta get better because some of this is ridiculous. Like yeah, I'm gonna go out here and keep playing hard for my guys, but the these some of these calls are costing us some games, which I think if you've watched Los Angeles Lakers basketball games, you know the Achilles heel for this basketball team is the second half, literally. You kind of just you kind of would wish that NBA games would only be 24 minutes because the the Lakers might have 30 wins already. But it don't work like that. Some of these, like LeBron, like I know LeBron's LeBron, but that doesn't mean LeBron being LeBron means LeBron shouldn't get calls just because he's LeBron. Like sometimes he's like clearly visibly fouled and he just, you don't get the calls. Now other times, like the Mavs game, was that Saturday night? I'm just sitting, Friday, Saturday night, I'm just sitting there just shaking, shaking my head because what the fuck is going on? Why Why are we getting, and then we get to the last seconds of the game and my guy just dribbles it off his leg. And that's, that's how we lose the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? But part of me wants to say, why was this even a game to begin with? Yeah, the Mavericks let them back in. It's very embarrassing. Um, the officiating question, I mean, what else is new? Every year we have a topic about a, a call, I mean, a conversation about officiating. But like it some of these calls are like bad. It may, It's like shocking like how some how bad some of these calls are. And now you have a replay system. So like, should it really still be this bad? Listen, I will say this. That there needs to be something or something in place that holds the refs accountable. I think in the Euro League, like if a ref misses a call in a big spot, like they get suspended. Like I don't know if you go that far if you're the NBA, but I think for one, I think I think refs refs don't do post game, they don't do press conferences, but press can go and ask referees questions for clarification. I think we need to have that on tape, and I think there needs to be some sort of accountability system. Like, A, if a ref misses five calls over the course of 15 games or 20 games or something that's egregious, like maybe there's some sort of suspension, some sort of fine. Like there needs to be some sort of accountability for, for these officials. Same with the NFL. I know Joey Bosa kind of talked about it, and I agree with Bosa to a point. That tackle kept jumping off sides, and you could see it with your naked eye in the game. And I know – like, so you can say it in many leagues. It's just there needs to be something that holds referees accountable for bad calls. So they think Bosa's point was that that the tackle kept missing so many off start. I mean, people that, the officials kept missing so many false starts by the tackle over the course of the game. Yeah. And he's right. Like to the, you could see it with your, you know, to the naked eyes, like, man, he's getting a hop early and he's all, he's false starting. I mean, and I know we're talking about basketball, but back to basketball. I mean, there's always going to be, some sort of human error as long as humans are in charge of enforcing the rules in all walks of life no matter what as long as there are humans enforcing rules there's going to be error it's just the the types of errors when the error occurs and the consequence of that error when the error occurs is so important because sometimes it's that that timing listen 
If you're going to make a bad call, make a bad call. Well, really never make a bad call. But if you're going to miss a call, don't miss a call in a game where like championships are on, like championships are at play. Um, Or if you're the NBA, I know it's going to mess up the flow of the game, but everything is reviewable after, you know, with three minutes left in the second and in the fourth. Like anything, I know some things can't be reviewed. Anything can be reviewed. Fouls, travels. And again, I know that would mess up the flow of the game because coaches would be asking for stuff all the time. Like, there's a way to discretion this, mm-hmm. but th- th- there's got to be got to get it right. I'd rather have you stop the game for two minutes to to see if LeBron was fouled on a drive, than miss the call. The team goes down. You know, the Mavs go down, and Luke hits a back breaking three when LeBron should be at the line shooting two. Like I would rather have that than you know messing up the flow of the game. In order, like I wanted to get it right. I will say I I, I have liked uh, sort of these um, some of these coaches' challenges. They the wording is is an unsuccessful challenge, but really when you hear the ref explain it, it's exactly what the coach had wanted to happen. They just didn't win the technical part of it. Like sometimes yeah. it's like they'll go back and like a coach will challenge a foul, and it'll still come back, but th- that the foul will be a foul. But instead of it being Shooting foul, not just foul on the floor. Take the ball. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. He was foul before you know he was shooting. Yeah, like I do like that. Like that's I think that is that is what like that's the type of progression that we should be making where we go back and be able to fix things that are quote unquote broken but fixed. But to your point, some of this is human error, and we can't keep doing this. Like some of it, like some some you can't make bad calls in big championship situations but i guess to the players what's a real championship what is demon bowl a championship situation a player can technically say that regular season game that you said don't mean something could ultimately be the the deciding factor between making or not making the playoffs yeah and and i think the nba i don't know if the nba defines crunch time is but i know a lot of stats define crunch time i believe as the last see the three or five minutes so yeah in crunch time i think there should be something I don't know how you would do this. A signal, maybe something on the ref's hip that vibrates when they need to review something like from New York, like, hey, review that. That needs to be reviewed and do it that way. I don't, there's a way to figure this out. I don't get paid enough money to think about it, but there's got to be a way. With all this, our guy Chad Unstoppable wants us to know that when it comes to LeBron, he flops like a trout. Y'all, the streets hate LeBron so much, and I don't understand. It's okay because. In about a month, he's going to be the all-time, the NBA's all-time leading scorer. And at that point, I'm I'm really going to just want to know what are the arguments for Jordan at this point. Oh, it's going to be he's undefeated in the finals. That will always be the argument. Jordan is six and zero in the finals. LeBron is what four? And how many? LeBron was the finals like ten years. What's LeBron's finals record? He has four. Uh, like, one in Cleveland, two in Miami, one in LA. He's like four and six, right? Something like that. Yeah, four and six. Listen, yeah. I would and, say, listen. Okay, I would say, and this is, this is the only thing I'm gonna say about Mike MJ. What's Michael's best finals win? Game five, Utah. No, no, no. you're not giving us that. Let me ask it a different way. Who is the best opponent or team oh. Michael beat to win a cha- championship? The Jazz. Which he beat the Suns. He beat the Jazz twice in a row. 
Um, what are the other teams? You said the first Jazz team or the second Jazz team was better? Where do you think? I mean, they're pretty much the same, weren't they? Okay, cool. A lot of people would say LeBron's best ring was against the 73, 73 yes. 9 right? Yes. Okay. So now, in my opinion, yeah, you're undefeated. You're 6 and 0, but your teams were the teams. You were supposed so, to. Go. I got you. You were, supposed, you were supposed to. How many of Bronze teams were the teams? Yet the, yet the, I would say we all know the 2011 Mavericks. Actually, no. Every year he was in Miami. Then was probably the only years where I would say, now you had the team, so really you should win, which is why he's got most of his championships in Miami. The one in Cleveland, he was not supposed to win. No. The one in in L.A., technically they were one of the better teams, but the season hadn't ended yet. But most people knew that year the Lakers were the the best best team. They were pretty the, the best team. But that Lakers team compared to Mike's best team with the Bulls. I don't think that's comparable. So, listen. That's just that's just my thoughts. I would say yeah, he's undefeated, but LeBron's got the LeBron's got the better finals win. Like you were just you was dominating everyone, dog. Like everyone knew what time it was when they you know what I'm saying? Once you beat the Pistons in your conference, everyone knew what time it was. I think the goat is still Kareem. To me, no, it can't be. He, it can't be. He's he getting him out of here. Plus, Bron- I plus, I don't like that shit he was saying about LeBron. Get, get Kareem out. We're talking about on the court. Kareem has more uh, rings than Bron. Kareem, Kareem has more rings, more finals appearances. He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I think he only hit one three-pointer. That is so impressive. Okay, and that, he's going to be the second-time All-NBA score one three-pointer. You're right. One thing about Kareem, he ain't do it as saucy as Braun did. Okay. Kareem lost two games in college. I believe it was only two. Hold on. Now, now, hold on. We 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 gotta put some respect on Kareem. Now I'm I'm respecting Kareem. I'm just saying I think LeBron's got the better final run. All right, to end this thing before we get out of here, Danny. I know I mentioned this top 27 albums of 2022. So, people, about about uh, about four or five years ago, uh, someone just asked me if I could put together a list of my favorite 25 albums of the year because they saw that I like to post a lot of music on my socials. So I said, hey, instead of 25, I'm going to give you two extra. I'm going to come back with 27. And okay. every, year, every, every, ever, every year since, I cannot talk today, every year since, I essentially put together a top 27, like a list of my favorite top 27 albums of the year. Favorite 27 albums of the year. So last year, 2022, I finally put together my list, finally finished it over the weekend. And I know a few few weeks ago, you guys heard me talk about my Apple Music replay where they told me my most played song, which was Diet Coke from Pusha T's It's Almost Dry album. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say that my... That is about the only thing that Apple Replay got right. I do have Almost Dry as a co-album of the year with King's Disease Three. Those are my, those are those are my okay. two favorites. Okay, I, I was on some real rap shit, but I'll say after like when I finished the list and I was looking at it, it's a lot of R, it's a lot of R and B in here, and it's like high. I got R and B. My second, my second favorite album was uh, 004 Daisy by this dude named Dixon. I love that album. It's mad R and B. He was singing. 
Sing about Shorty, too. All right. I'm going to do my top three. The number three, Honestly never mind by Drake. I thought, yo, that shit was cranking. I don't know. I don't care what nobody said. That shit was cranking. You so, outside, a couple of drinks in hand, got two step going. What? No, no skips. No Can skips. I make a confession? Go ahead. I listened to that album for the first time like two weeks ago. And I was like, because I'm not a 21 Savage fan. I don't get it. And then I heard that album and I was like, okay. Her loss is 21 in Drake. Okay, my bad. Okay. Earlier That's in the year, he dropped Honestly Nevermind. That was like the dance album that everyone was talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I got I, you. Listen, I know maybe dance ain't everyone. Listen, that John <laughs> album, nice. Album is nice. Uh, a few notables. Uh, number four was, I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, Babyface. He's got an album. He, he dropped an album last year, Girls Night Out. Thought it was real fly. It's a real conceptual album. All the features are women. It's a really good album. Um, Ramona Park broke my heart. I don't know if you listen to Vince Staples. That was no, that was in my top ten. Um, Miss Morale and the Big Steppers. That was in my top ten. Okay. Uh, let's see. I do have Beyonce in here. She's at Jordan's number. I'm not going to say the number because I feel like if I say the number, people go. I'm gonna have some well, if it's a 27, if it's a top 27 list, I think we can figure out what number it was. Yeah, yeah. Y'all let me know in the comments what y'all think of that. Uh at 21, 21, 21, I actually have Scissors album. So if you're gonna okay. argue with me that Beyonce's album is better than Scissors album, leave it in the comments what you think. Um let's see. Burner Boy. I loved his album too, by the way. I got love, love Dimini at 14. Do you have any Bad Bunny on there? Listen. It's okay if you don't. I don't listen to anything. So. I, I like I like a few of the Bad Bunny songs. I like mad Bad Bunny songs. But I only hear them in the hookah spots on Latin nights. And I love, I love that for me because I don't know what my man is saying. That's I'm fair. mad at Spanish. Let but me the, ask you the ones I the, the, the songs I do like I do have. So let, let me ask you a question about Bad Bunny. And this is more so about the work he's done with Adidas. Have you seen his collabs with Adidas? Like his shoes? Yeah. Hey, yeah. What do you think? I know you're a little biased, but I, I think listen, I'm all for I love him because you know what? There is a dis- there's a designer and a creative and a team that came that came that came together to prove this. And hey, if that's what they want to push into the world with Bad Bunny's name like this and image, I'm all for it. Let's do it, baby. Really? Because I think them shits are ugly. Hey man, you know, one thing, one thing that I have learned about uh working in retail is that fashion has a different definition for everyone. Like the only thing Adidas has gotten right over like the past five years outside of Yeezy is the Ivy Park collab. Like I saw the shoes they did with Beyonce, and I was like, okay, like I can get behind those. But stop giving Adidas like the the Black Panther collab. Those are the ugliest shits I've ever seen. Those are the shoes your grandmother buys and gives you as a gift. Those are so hideous. Them shits. Come on now, why you hating on the? Come on, why you hating? On, why you hating on the Black Panther? Yo. 
that speaking of Black Panther, I'm ready to be honest about some aspects of that movie when the rest of the world is. Okay, it's been out long enough. Let's talk about it. No one else thought they was trying to put the blacks versus the browns. Oh, you you going real conspiracy J Edgar Hoover stuff. Y'all didn't like they, y'all didn't y'all didn't see like how they was yo fam. There was a portion where she was falling in love with this little Hispanic dude, with this with this with this Latino dude, just because he got some wings on the feet and he being nice. Hey, dog. When everyone around you has been murdered, it's nice when someone says, "Hey, I don't want to kill you." I get it. And how do they call this? Why call it Black Panther? This is more Jesus Panther. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. Yeah, we were doing great. We were really. It's the, the tonight the show started. We were doing great. You can nah. find it. Come on, man. Oh. oh. Hey. All I know is. Oh man. Quantumania is gonna set the world on fire. Kang is on the way. Listen. Dog, black people are gonna be staring, standing up, cheering for Kang. Like if he killed Ant Man, the black people are gonna stand up and clap. Like yeah, nah, for no reason. Got, he ain't even got to kill him. Listen, if you watch the trailer, then you saw that work Ant Man was getting. Dog, part of the trailer. he was catching. Listen, Ant Man, if you're about this for the next three hours, getting your ass kicked, then I'm a. I will buy my tickets tomorrow. Today. like they went on sale today, I believe. But it did. Oh, yeah, I know I got emails like, oh, buy, buy your quantum mania tickets. Yeah, um, last thing before we go, if you if you're on your computer, do yourself a favor and Google Black Panther Adidas Patrick Mahomes and get a look at the ugliest shoes you have ever seen in your life. D, I'll give why you look up, you look it up while you do that. I'm gonna tell the people where to find us. You can find us on speak on it underscore pod that is on Instagram and Twitter. Do not forget to send us your questions. Speak on it pod 14 at gmail.com. Again, send us your questions. Speak on it 14. Speak on it pod 14 at gmail.com or answer your questions here on the show. D, you're looking at those ugly ass shoes. Like, what okay. athlete, what athlete would sign with Adidas? Like, if Adidas came to me, I'd be like, dog, y'all gotta get out of my face. Okay. I guess my question. Mm-hmm. Like stick to the shell toe. I guess my que- I guess my question is, where would one wear these shoes? Exactly. How would you wear these with a fit? How would you wear jeans with that? How would you wear shorts with that? How would they stack? Like there's no place for the jean to go. Like the tongue is so tall, Pauls. Like, would you hide your jeans in there? Like, you'd have to wear joggers. That's it. Uh, shout out to Adidas. Shout out to Patty Moans, man. That's, that's all I can say. I, uh, but for real, last thing, and then we're out of here. Name the last basketball shoe they made that you were like, oh, those are fire. The only one I can think of are the Harden ones. Like, their first release of Harden shoes. Oh, the... uh. 
the Damian Lillard bait collabs. No, there has never been a Damian Lillard truth that I thought was nice. Let me look this now, up. The Damian Lillard bait collab was nice. I ain't gonna let you do that to my man Dame. Not enough on Dame. Not too much on Dame. Not too much on my man Dame. You know I'm gonna hold it down for Portland. Come on. Oh, okay. Okay. I've I've never seen these before. These are kind of cool. Okay. I told you. That's Speaking the only of, I one. A, I went to a Blazers game recently. Listen, shout out to Blazer Nation. I was wrong. That it's it's a it's a it's a fun little listen. You understand smaller market teams like that, I respect it. They'll, they'll, their games be fun. Games be fun. Okay. I'll also say I'm going to add Mark Hill Fultz to my list of people that when you see play basketball, you 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 immediately just rescind all slander. I will never say anything bad about Mark Hill Fultz playing basketball again. I saw it up close and personal. He nice. So I'm rooting for Mark Hill. He is no. Watch, watch some magic games. They're not, they're not winning games. Watch the magic games. They don't be playing. They be playing nice. They be playing Good nice. for them. People, make sure you follow the kid, the boy at Los D Mix. It's at L O S D E E M I X on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitch. I was just talking to Danny before that, giving him kind of the, my updated plan for my return to Twitch. So it's coming soon, people. And when you see me back on Twitch, you know content is coming soon make sure you guys follow the pod speak on underscore pod make sure you send us your questions at speak on it 14 at gmail.com we got a good one last week danny i'm really really excited for the year man really really excited research kyle thank you for pulling up chat on football thank you for pulling up bam thank you for pulling up and anyone else who's here maybe not saying anything thank you for pulling up and if you're still listening damn you 90 minutes in you a real one so thank thank you make sure you guys are following subscribing downloading the episodes if you're streaming um danny and let us know what you think yeah and obviously of course always let us know where you think danny because they because people played with this album i, I i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go back uh i'm gonna go back and play a song off this honestly never mind because i just don't think the folks is out here listening it's, it's nothing I'm gonna say. If anyone else drops this album, like if you was to take Drake out and insert X name, they would say this is one of them albums. Go back, like read the, the boy was talking on. He nice with me. I'm just, this shit was. Come on, listen. All I'm saying is, come on. Hey, and that's it for us. See y'all next week. Hey. Peace.